this one conversation I had with this kid named Bryson and uh, I just, you know, he was having trouble writing. So I just bent down, started talking to him. It was like, well, hey, you know, what, what are you interested in? Just because, you know, I like to write about things that I like. Yeah. And he said, well, I, I like playing with my dog. And I was like, well, what can grownups learn from dogs? And he started, started kind of processing. He was like, well, if a three-legged dog can be happy, then you can too. And I was like, Damn, that's good Yo, advice. that's so good. <laughs> that's good Write advice. Write that down. That is. And that is. I was like, that's, I mean, and what blew my mind about that is not just how like positive that is. And, but you know, he understood like life isn't always going to be perfect. There's going to be times where like you may feel off balance, like a three-legged dogwood, but like there's still a reason to be thankful. Welcome to chapter 25 of the Let's Give a Damn podcast. This is my chance to talk with people who saw something wrong, refused to stay silent, and they gave a damn about it instead. Lots of dams. How are you? I really, really hope you're doing well. I'm so grateful you're here learning alongside me. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to let you know that I will be speaking at a few events this autumn. I have two events coming up soon that I wanted to let you know about and get on your radar. I'd love for you to join me if you're around. On September 23rd, I will be giving a TEDx talk in Chicago at TEDx Grant Park. I'm so honored and thrilled to be giving a TEDx talk and would love if you were there to experience it with me. On September 29th, I'll be speaking to a few hundred creative humans at Creative Mornings Nashville. And it's not confirmed yet, but I'm pretty sure we will be doing our first Let's Give a Damn live podcast recording that evening of September 29th, also in Nashville, Tennessee. To find out about these three events and more, to buy tickets for these events, to join me, please visit nicklapara.com forward slash speak. That's nicklapara.com slash speak. I'd love to see you at one or all of these events. Okay, now for today's guest. I can't wait for you to hear my conversation with Alex Lewis. Alex is an amazing, just phenomenal young man. We met for an hour or two last month when we both found ourselves in the same place at the same time in North Carolina. Alex recently started a project called Car Window Poetry. I love this project for a million reasons. It's a project that has spread all over the world in less than a year, in fact, and I'm so excited for you to hear about Alex's story and about this project and how you can get involved if you'd like. We all need more people like Alex and more projects like Car Window Poetry in our lives. Okay, I'm gonna shut up for now and get right into our conversation. So without further ado, my name is Nick LaPara and this is my conversation with the great Alex Lewis. Welcome, Alex Lewis, to the Let's Give a Damn podcast. Dude, thank you, man. I'm glad to be here. I am so glad you're here. We are so glad you're here, aren't you, people? Everyone listening? <laughs> no, like, I'm really excited. I've been observing what you're doing for a few months now. And the project we're actually talking about isn't that old. No. It's not, which less, we'll get into all yeah, of that. Yeah. But I, I, I thought it was older. And then as I was just doing, you know, a quick bit of research before today, I was like, this is just beginning, like, yeah. which is cool because we're going to hear some, yeah. you know, s just stats and what's already happened and everything. Let's start it this way. Take me back to the beginning. Bring us just short of when you started Carwin to Poetry. Okay. Just tell me, like, what are the things that influenced you in your life to make you the kind of person you are today? Mm. For me, I grew up, uh, grew up in Maryland, uh, right between Baltimore and D.C. Uh, my parents got divorced early on, so grew up with my mom pretty much, my mom, my grandma. And uh, there was something, I don't know what it was, but I guess just the way that I'm wired, the way I've been created, like I I was drawn to creating, but not mm. in the sense of like, you know, making things because I enjoyed them, but like I loved being able to like make something and then share it with other people. And so whether that was like, 
filling journals and journals full of drawings of, you know, basketball players or, <laughs> you know, like cartoon characters. Um, or it was, you know, kind of from there I transitioned into playing sports, but it was never just the drawing aspect or it was never just sure. the sports aspect, but there always seemed to be something deeper. I wanted, you know, to be able to, you know, share that with somebody to, you know, make somebody feel a certain way with that drawing or, you know, through the, um, through the way that I performed athletically. I, like I wanted, you know, there to be some kind of impact that was made there. And I guess that could be either positive or negative, depending on how you choose to see it. But for me, um, those were kind of the things that carried me through. And so, you know, from drawing to then sports, and then I, uh, got to probably like later on in middle school, um, I was starting to get more and more into hip hop. And so at that time it was like Lil Wayne mixtapes that you could just like there it is. download illegally. <laughs> and like, for me, like I, you know, my mom, she was always like, you need to delete that music off your iPhone. But I had never heard anything like this. Mm. And so, um, I delete it. And then of course, just and like download oh, it yeah, later. Oh yeah, or just like keep it in the trash bin, pull it back out, and so. Um, but That's right. Watch your <laughs> look. I dragged it into the trash. It's all good. It's you know, it's it's gone. Um, but what that listening turned into is then me beginning to write, and so I would like get those composition notebooks that I used to draw in, and then I would begin writing raps in them. And at first, they were terrible. Like you know, just. For me, I'm like a middle school kid, like writing about like money and girls. Do you have any memorized that you could share oh, or no? Gosh, uh, you I don't, don't have think to. So. Yeah. No, I. I but they wish were just I, bad. They I were wish, bad. Oh, they were rough. And like, I mean, I, I didn't understand. Sure. You know, I don't understand the world now, but like, definitely didn't understand it right. then. And so, I'm like middle school kid writing about money, girls, and then high school. Like, I was like, okay, I think that I can probably write about something a little more meaningful. And so, yeah, I started shifting from just writing about, you know, these kind of very superficial things into starting to be a little more introspective. And as I grew spiritually, um, as I grew more in my faith, my writing started to kind of go in that direction. And uh, thankfully, I was at this time where, you know, these platforms were starting to rise up where you mm. could... Uh, share this music on super easily. So at first it was MySpace and then uh, I started doing more stuff with like Facebook and YouTube and um, not that like these songs were getting a whole bunch of listens, but people were, you know, they had the ability to respond and I'd hear things like, you know, hey, like that, that actually, you know, I appreciate what you wrote there mm. or that meant something to me. Um, one of my key memories that I can remember is a uh, teammate, a uh, football teammate that I had my junior year, he passed away. Um, mm. And for me, the way to process through that was uh, writing. And so I wrote a song, but I also couldn't just keep it to myself. So I went and um, I think I like posted it on Facebook or YouTube or something, but ended up like just getting a bunch of comments from people who mm. had known this kid. And his parents, his siblings were like really touched by it. And for me, like that's, I think that's what it's always been about is not just doing something for the sake of like, I enjoy it, this is cool, sure. you know, but I think at, at my heart, like I'm a storyteller. And so for me, like the mediums are always gonna change, but I think that desire to share stories and make an impact in somebody's life is, you know, that's always been there. And so, Regardless of what the medium is, that's what I'm always going to be drawn towards. Can we go back a couple steps? Yeah. So you mentioned, um, and if this is none of my business, just tell me it's none of your business. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned uh, dad left, mm. right? Your parents got divorced, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So how do you think that's impacted you? And did anyone, did anyone or anyone's fill that void as a father figure? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was. This Do you know? Thing like, where, are you in a good relationship with him today? Yeah. So you know we're him. like, okay. yeah. So we're uh, we're still like he's, you know, as much as he can. Like he's sure. Okay. Stayed a part of my life. Um, my dad is a he's like a corporate businessman, and so for me, like I I never really went without. Sure. Like I I had 
Um, thankfully, like I had two parents who have been super supportive uh, throughout my life. And so even though I, you know, may have been more emotionally close or whatever it was to my mom, um, my dad has been there. And being able to have that kind of support growing up was super impactful. Like I'm able to look back now and say, like, I don't know if I would have, you know, continued to write or would have spent so much time drawing if my parents also weren't cheering me on along the way. Like yeah. my mom had me entering like art contests in elementary school and my dad would, you know, spend a bunch of time like drawing with me. And he's actually like a really good, you mm. know, really good artist and mm. illustrator. And so, which like you probably wouldn't have known, like sure. looking at this, you know, suit and tie yeah. business guy, but like they celebrated my creativity. Um, and even at times where like they may have not been able to understand like why I was doing these certain things, they've been there. And so um, for me, like my dad has continued to be that. Um, mm. And, you know, we've had our ups and downs, understandings and misunderstandings, but I'm super grateful for his, you know, the role that he's had in my life. And I'd say as far as like father figures go, because I couldn't always find those people really close to home. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes we, we don't always see celebrities or like people out in the world in like the best light. But, you know, I had to start finding the traits in mm. these other people that were, you know, maybe sure. more like widely known or popular. And so like, I'd look at someone like a, you know, Kid Cudi, for example, mm. and I'd say like, well, no, I don't want to live like every aspect of his life, but I do appreciate how he takes these topics that are hard to talk about sure. and is willing yeah. to get real with his emotions and sort of challenge this idea of like masculinity. Like I, you know, I appreciate that. Or I appreciate like the Barack Obamas mm -hmm. um, or even, you know, I was a big reader and my mom was really big on like, hey, you need to know your culture. And so like, I read a bunch of books about African-American history and by African-American authors growing up. And mm. so I had these examples that I would look at that, you know, I didn't know them personally, but uh, I was able to pull aspects from them and begin to see like, oh, this is what not only a man should be like, but this is what, you know, a human should be like and strive to, totally. you know, strive to live out. That's awesome. Before we get into uh, Car Window Poetry more, what's your day job? What do you do? Yeah, uh, my day job is, and I've only been in it for a little bit over a year, okay. um, but I oversee the brand direction for Young Life, which is a worldwide Christian youth organization. Um, so I oversee the brand direction for Young Life on all of our kind of main social media channels. And so pretty much like I get paid to, post on Facebook and tweet <laughs> and like living the dream. <laughs> and so it's, it's definitely like, I mean, you know, it's, it's got its challenges to always feel sure. like you're connected in an age where like, we're already hyper connected. Um, but I mentioned earlier, like I'm a, I'm a storyteller. And so, um, it's been really cool to be able to tell this story of an organization that I've been a part of for the past five years. And, um, you know, to have an audience of kids who are looking at this and are, you know, asking a lot of the same questions that I was. And so it's cool to be able to kind of step into that space and have some fun with it, but also be able to, you know, provide a space for real conversations and to share real stories of what kids and people who have been involved are actually going through. You said you were born in Maryland, grew up in Charlotte. Yeah. Went to school in Elon, where we yeah. are right now. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, I'm sitting in my brother's apartment. He lives in, in Burlington, right next to Elon, uh, North Carolina. And then did you, you live in Colorado now. Did you move yes. out for Young Life? I did, yeah. So Where in Colorado I, do you live? Uh, Colorado Springs. Okay. Uh, so I interned with Young Life the summer after my sophomore year doing social media, web communication. So a lot of what I'm doing now. Um, and then... I was kind of going through college, like most people, trying to figure out what I want to do. Did a 
internship at UPS headquarters after my junior year. And then I get to senior year and I'm like, okay, well, a lot of people in my major, they'll go to like ad agencies. So I'll try to figure out that. Um, And we're, was visiting a bunch of these ad agencies, but they were like, well, you know, we want somebody who's worked in one before Mm. and we can provide you like an internship. It's like, well, just done yeah. four years. Like, yeah. parents, I need to start paying them bills. <laughs> yeah, parents have put out a lot of money. Right. Probably not the probably not right. the best idea. Yep. And so, um, then from there, I was kind of just searching, getting told no a lot. And then uh, one of my bosses from when I worked at Young Life, he asked me to call him, and he said, you know, hey, I don't know if you know this, but a social media position just opened up, and I'd love for you to apply for it. And so. From there, you know, I knew that it was a possibility. It was scary to think about, like having to move across the country and be away from, you know, my mom, my sister, who were living in North Carolina, my girlfriend, who was a, she was about to enter into her senior year in college, and she at Elon too. Uh, she was, okay. yeah, she just graduated uh, this past May, nice. and so she's out in Columbus, Ohio right now, killing it, doing like communications and marketing for the Columbus Zoo. Nice. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it was like super scary, but it was something that I was excited to, you know, walk into sort of this new adventure. Like I've really learned about myself over the past year that, you know, I may be nervous about like going outside of my comfort zone, but it's one of those things that I'm able to sort of put behind me pretty quickly and embrace that new adventure. So that's really what a lot of this past year has been. I could talk for an hour about what you said about colleges um, and then going to ad agencies and them telling you that you wanted, they wanted a lot more experience. (laughs) This is not about that. So we're not going to get into it, but I have so much to say and write and, and everything speak about. It's It's rough, man. It's so terrible. I will talk for 15 seconds on this and then I will shut up about it. It's it's such like a hell of an issue where, you know, you go to this. Uh, I know Elon. It's a nice college and yeah, it, yeah. it costs a pretty penny. And you go to this school, you yep. learn great education from yep. great people. And then you go, you're ready to go. You might yeah, not have the yeah. experience, but you like you're ready to go. Yeah. Right. And they're like, yeah, you know, we're, we need somebody with, you know, and it's like, come on. Like yeah. it just yeah. the colleges aren't helping you get a job. Yeah. And the jobs aren't helping you get a job because yeah. they want somebody with like eight, nine years experience, exactly. but they're not going to pay you eight, nine years experience no. level. Right. Like it's just, no. a weir- it's a weird and I, thing. I think a lot of it too, like for me, a lot of the frustrations came from this place of like, I know I'm a quick learner. Like right. I know that I can right, right. like, give me the chance. Give me yeah, the chance. Just, just, I, can, me I promise. Coach. I promise I can pick <laughs> this stuff up. And so it was, uh, yeah, it's frustrating to like, I mean the whole, that whole college process and, you know, I appreciate what I gained at Elon um, because, you know, it's a lot of this, like these person, you're meeting sure. different people from like, not only around the country, but around the world and all these different experiences and perspectives that you're picking up. And so a lot of that is like, I mean, that's knowledge that you can't necessarily like, it's hard to put that into a concise word or idea or something like that. But there's a lot that, I mean, I learned like I, I don't have to be in college to have learned that. Like there's a lot that I was able to Google and, yeah, like, yeah, sure. and watch on YouTube right. and like, you know, pick up that way and just kind of like try my hand at. And so I think one, there's what I've kind of learned is like, you don't necessarily like need to go to college to like pick up a lot of these things. Like right. a lot of my friends who have chosen to go another way, like they're doing exactly what they want to do and like doing great at it. And, you know, but there's also like, I think for leaving college and then beginning to go out into that like job context and trying to find something like it's extremely tough because you can't necessarily like, you can't necessarily wrap everything that you gained in those four years into something that an employer is going to see as necessarily transferable. And so Yeah, we'll see what happens. (laughs) Yeah, no, it'll all work out. In a few minutes, I want to get into the inside of you and talk about why you give a damn, Mm. right? I want to let's talk about that for a little bit. But before that, you started this project called Car Window Poetry. Yeah, right. Give me the load on the Car Window Poetry. How it came about, what you do, what effect it's having, what are the kinds of things you've been able to engage in? Because it's a it's an amazing thing. It's a hell of a project. I you know I'm just super impressed by it and just the it's like not 
no offense. It's not genius. It's just like taking, <laughs> taking, taking what you know yeah, and yeah. and just being an encouragement. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's this yeah. beautiful project that is is easily transferable and easily spreadable. I'm gonna shut up now. Talk about it. Yeah. So I started Carwino Poetry last August, um, and so. I had moved Coming up to, on a year. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd moved to Colorado Springs and was really just like, it's sort of like your first day of school. Like you're just trying to like make friends and yeah. like feel comfortable in this new place. And so, uh, I started just like, I was like, I can't stay in my apartment and expect to be able to like enjoy my time here. Like, mm. I don't know. I didn't know how long I was going to be in Colorado Springs or anything like that. So I just knew that if I'm here, like, let me embrace it. And so uh, I started uh, reaching out to, started just looking on Facebook, seeing what events were going on in the city, reaching out to different people as I was meeting people, beginning to hear their stories. And I actually got, I became friends with a guy pretty early on who was involved with kind of a smaller poetry group. Uh, in the city and he wrote his own stuff. And I was like, oh, a creative person. Mm. Okay, we can be friends. And he was like, you should come to this poetry group. And so I went, uh, ended up meeting a few other people in town who were involved in poetry. And the girl who led this group was like, hey, you should, there's this group in town called Here Here. And it sounds like you love kids and students and working with them. And it also, you know, like you have like that night I shared poetry in front of people for like the first time ever. And they're like, and it, you know, do you have like, go well. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I mean, they, it resonated with them. They were like, you, you have some skills at this. Like you should go deeper with it, see what happens. And so I went to this here, here group and it was nuts. Like it Mm. absolutely blew my mind. Like it was a slam poetry environment, which I had really never been in, um, didn't know too much about it, but because I didn't necessarily know like the rundown of the event, I ended up showing up super early and, uh, this poet from New Mexico, she was leading this writing workshop. Her name is Jessica Lopez. And, uh, she was leading this workshop and she was like, we don't have a lot of time. So in five minutes, I want you to write a poem about your name. Mm. Um, and I was like, okay. Uh, all right. She's like, go. And so I'm starting to think through like, okay, my name, like I'm a third in my family. So I was like, maybe I could write about that, how my dad and grandpa also have this name and like what that could mean. But that was right around the time of the Philando Castile, Mm. um, shooting and a few of the other shootings that had happened. And I was like, well, my name, like it could be the next hashtag. And I wrote a poem about that as like a black man in this country, what that means and ended up um, sharing it that night. And, you know, just to see the way that words were able to connect with these people, like they didn't know me, they had never met me. Um, But within a minute or two minutes, like they were able to understand this deeper part of me that not many people may get to. And then Uh, also throughout the night, I just stuck around for the slam poetry and like these kids are getting up and they're middle school early on in high school and they're getting up and like pretty much like pouring out like their deepest, darkest secrets in front of people and like to see people like cheering them on and like stomping and like, it was just this crazy thing. And I really left that night feeling like these words, they have so much power. You had never experienced anything like that before. Never. And, uh, from there my mind was just rolling and we were kind of talking about it before. Like I'm, I'm a huge podcast listener. Yeah. So at this time I was listening to a bunch of stories from people who weren't that much older, that much younger than me. And they're doing these incredible things to make a difference in the world. And I'm like, well, you know, why couldn't that be me essentially? Like what, what am I waiting for? And so one night after work, I got back to my apartment. I don't know what it was. Like something just hit me. Like, I need to create something. Mm-hmm. I need to, I need to do something. And I knew that it wasn't just like, Hey, hop on Photoshop, like make a quick design or like, you know, go in your journal, like write something real quick. Like it was supposed to be bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like texting my girlfriend and being like, I feel like I need to start this project. Um, but I don't know what it is. She's like, okay. All right. Like, <laughs> 
I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I like just did what I knew. Like I grabbed a notebook and started jotting down, all right, what do I want? Like, what do I want this to be? And I knew that I wanted it to encourage. I knew that I wanted it to uplift people to, you know, essentially just make the world a better place. Um, and I knew that I also wanted it to be something that was like locally grown. And for me, like just because of these experiences that I had, the first place that I went to was poetry. It's like, okay, mm. this is fresh on my mind. Like there are these, there are these incredible poets in town. Like how can I be able to create some kind of platform for these poets to be able to share their words and get them further out into the community in like this real kind of just handwritten intimate way. Um, and I was like, okay, this, I like this, this is a good direction, but where do I put these poems? Like, where do they go? Mm. I can't just throw them on the ground. That probably wouldn't be good environmentally. Yeah. <laughs> so what do I do with these? And bug. for some reason, like cars, just mm. like cars are these things that like we're surrounded by. Like I drove over here in a car, like as soon as I got here, parked in the parking lot where I was surrounded by cars, mm. like you know, when we leave work or whatever we're doing, like we're going back to one. And so for me, I was like, all right, what if these poems went on car windows? Like they could go like right under the windshield, could be something that, you know, could totally like sort of change this narrative of like oftentimes, you know, I know for me, like sometimes I'll leave work and I'm like super tired or stressed or like, you know, whatever it may be. And that's just kind of the norm, but you know, to be able to have, you know, whenever you see something that's left on your windshield, like it sort of, it interrupts you in a way, you know, usually people are pissed (laughs) off. Yeah. Right. It's like the the new pizza shop in town or yeah. yeah. It's like some like poorly designed flyer that you don't want for an event that you don't want to go to, or it's someone saying they hit your car or, It's a parking ticket, or a parking ticket right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which yeah. is the it's absolute true. worst. And so uh, it was like, all right, I think this could be this could be cool. So went with car window poetry and just knowing me, like I'm fresh off of being a college student. So I was like, OK, I can't procrastinate with this. And I was reading right. a, a book at the time called uh, The War of Art. Um, and talks a lot about like resistance and the different forms that resistance can take. And so I was like, okay, I got to make sure that like resistance doesn't like stop me from doing this. So that night, like I designed the logo, bought the website domain, started beginning to set up the website, like designed right these away. cards, ordered them, like just jumped right into it and was like, okay, like I got to do this now. Like I've, I've got some skin in the game. Like I got to do it. So uh, about a week later, the first batch of cards came and I just went on like my went on my Instagram and posted something just saying like, hey, I'm starting this project called Car Window Poetry. Here's what it's about. And from there, people were like, "Okay, like, let's you know, this is sweet. Let's we're going to follow along. Mm. Um, And it was cool to see because I I didn't necessarily know like how I was going to go over. But um, from there, like I started just talking to people about it and mentioning it and had some friends in town who were like, Hey, if you need a spot to hold an event at, then like, you know, you can do it right here. They have like a co-working space. And so, uh, had like my first event in downtown Colorado Springs called a night to write, um, about like 12 people came and wrote nice. some poems, put them out downtown. And then, you know, whenever you like start something, People are like, well, you know, what's this going to turn into? What do you right. want to do with this next? And I was like, well, you know, I, I love being around kids. Like, I'd love to get this into classrooms. And so at that point, I was like, all right, I've held myself accountable to this. So that weekend, I started just like finding every teacher I could in mm. Colorado Springs and just like sending out emails like, hey, I have this writing exercise that your students may be interested in. And A lot of teachers didn't respond, but like (laughs) I had, you know, one teacher, which is really like all it took was one teacher who was like, hey, I love what you're doing. Um, I'd love for you to come into my classroom. And I'm thinking like a month down the road, two months down the road. She's like, you can come in next week. And so went to this third grade class and it was the most like incredible experience Um, just getting to see kids like 
take these ideas and really what I told them was like, you know, these are going to go out to adults that like you don't know who are the adults in your life. Like what advice do you want to share with grownups? And they, you know, they had these amazing things. And I remember this one conversation I had with this kid named Bryson and uh, I just, you know, he was having trouble writing. So I just bent down, started talking to him. It was like, well, hey, you know, what, what are you interested in? Just because, you know, I like to write about things that I like. Yeah. And he said, well, I, I like playing with my dog. And I was like, well, what can grownups learn from dogs? And he started, started kind of processing. He was like, well, if a three-legged dog can be happy, then you can too. And I was like, Damn, that's good Yo, advice. Yo, that's so good. <laughs> that's good Write advice. that down. That is. And that is. I was like, that's, I mean, and what blew my mind about that is not just how like positive that is. And, you know, he understood like life isn't always going to be perfect. There's going to be times where like you may feel off balance like a three-legged dogwood, but like there's still a reason to be thankful. Like there's still a reason to have you know happiness to be able to embrace the moments you're in for me that was just like a super impactful like one of the experiences that i look back on i'm like i don't know like where car window poetry would be at like if i didn't have that moment um in that classroom with those kids and especially that moment with bryson so from there like a few gosh it's probably like a few weeks later um I was just getting ready to do our second event. And uh, one of my friends that I graduated with hits me up on Facebook. He's like, hey man, like, I don't know if you know this, but I started working at NBC Nightly News right after we graduated. And I've been watching what you've been doing with Carwino Poetry. And I'd love to pitch a story to my bosses about what you're doing. And you're like, like, nah. It's like, what, are you? <laughs> like, what awesome. are you talking about? Like it, at that point, it, it had only been maybe like two months, if that. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like we, the things that we see is like successful in like today's digital world. Sure. Or like the things that like have the most followers or the things right. that like people are posting about mm. the most. And we definitely weren't that. <laughs> so I was like, I, I don't know like what they're gonna think. Um, but he pitched it and a week later he was like hey they want to do the story so halloween this past halloween a crew came out from nbc to colorado springs and we did this you know they just followed me around like sharing poems around the city and going to classrooms and getting people's reactions and uh, a few days after the election they aired it and it was just this like super cool experience and really like took Carwin of Poetry from just being this local art project to being a kind of full blown out, like national <laughs> kind of kindness movement. And so, mm. um, yeah. So talk about that for a minute. Yeah. Like where is this gone? Is there any way to estimate or even tell how many cards have been put yeah, in car windows? Yeah. Like to give us some numbers just so we can yeah, get a absolutely. picture as to, you know, where this is, yeah. where it is right now and where it's going. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, after the NBC airing, um, I was talking to a friend and she's like, well, hey, you should give away these cards for free mm -hmm. um, and just make it like super accessible because teachers were starting to find out about it. And so and they wanted to participate and were like having to make their own cards. And I was like, all right, that's not super scalable. So, right. um, yeah, went ahead and like made these cards available um, for free on our website. And so people can go in and all they have to do is just like put in their email or something like that. And you can just download a PDF of the cards and like cut nice. them out. And um, so I've been like kind of keeping track of those over the past year. And it's currently at over 2,200 card downloads. Um, and there's about four cards on each of those sheets. And so kind of- and, and they can print those off like whenever one card download could be a million cards, yeah. right? You don't know how many times. Yeah, exactly. So 2,200 times people downloaded yeah. it and they could have printed it off yeah. two times and or a thousand times. Yeah, and if it's with like for teachers who are doing right. it with oh, their yeah, classes. Yeah. Over and over like, and over again, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like I have, I would estimate that it could be over like 10,000 
cards that have been shared. And that's not only in the US, but that's in over 50 countries around the world. Um, people have downloaded these cards in every US state. And so it's, it's been this mind blowing thing amazing. of like, you know, this project that I started in my living room. Um, you know, one of the things that I, you know, sort of my heart from the beginning was like, I don't really want this to be about me. Like, obviously, like I'm going to have to speak on it and like share with people just as the person who began it. But like, I want it to be more about the people who participate and go out and share it in their communities. And to see that actually happen, like mm. to see this thing that I started in my living room, people now taking that out into wherever they are around the world and they don't even need to know who I am. Like they just put the words out there and then whoever that goes on and impacts, like I have no idea, they may have no idea, but I think that's the, the beauty is like words matter and words have the ability to make an impact. So you don't necessarily need to know who it impacted, but you know that like those words could be exactly what that person needed to like make it through whatever they're going through. Do you make it possible for people to like let you know if they got a card and yeah. what it meant to them? Like, how does that work? It can kind of happen in a number of different ways. Uh, so on the cards, there's all of like all of Carwino Poetry's social media information. So really, like the ideal hope is that if somebody gets a card, that they then share that online, and then I'm able to track like oh, okay, this person got a card. That's super sweet. It was funny, like this guy in Philly who's been following along with us, he was working with an organization that we work closely with called Live a Great Story. And uh, they had this event um, in Philly and then took the cards back to Austin where they're based hmm. with them and then went out and shared these poems and like shared it on their Instagram story. And I was like, oh, sweet. Um, and so I shared that picture on Carwino Poetry's Instagram story and then ended up later that day getting a notification that we were tagged in this post. I was like, okay, cool. Let's, let's check it out. And it was this lady who had gotten the poem that was shared earlier that day. No so it was just this like crazy web. But like those kind of things have like happened numerous times where, you know, somebody will post that they shared something, then somebody else will like share that they received that thing. And then it's cool to like see those connections. Um, but probably one of the most like meaningful um, things that has happened is uh, somebody who got a poem went on Carwino Poetry's website and just shot me an email um, and didn't know who I was, like didn't know anything like that. But like all they they said on the email was they essentially just shared their story. Like, hey, I've been, you know, feeling like I've hit this wall at work and my daughter's dealing with mental illness and I've just kind of been feeling like there's, you know, there's no way to nowhere to go. She said, but, you know, I went to my car uh, after work and saw this piece of paper sitting there. And, you know, when I read it, like I thought that it was from like a family member or a close friend because it hit so close to what I was going through. And the poem that she received, it said, your story, it matters. So lean mm. in, step forward. Your story isn't over yet. And uh, it was wow. this nuts thing because I was like, I had started Carwino Poetry with this kind of inkling that like if somebody, if we shared enough words out into the world, then at some point, like somebody could get one that, you know, was it was exactly what they needed to hear. But to actually see that happening, mm. to like see someone who got that poem and, you know, for exactly what they were going through, that poem was, it hit right in the middle of it. That's ultimately like, why? I do what I do is like, because those, it's not just that a poem can put a smile on your face right. or like make your day a little better. But you know, we live in a world where things get tough. Like just a few days ago, like the lead singer at Lincoln Park, mm -hmm. like, you know, we live in this world where, you know, we can feel like nobody sees us or like, there's nowhere to go. Right. But like to be able just through a small act of love, like that can make a huge difference in someone's life. And I don't know like what exactly that woman was going through or the kind of thoughts that were going through her mind. But I know that those few words were able to 
you know, just give her a little bit of hope in that, you know, in that small moment. It's beautiful, man. That's really cool. I think it's cool on multiple levels. One is, I was thinking about a couple of things, and I'll just quickly state those before we continue. One is, you know, they're not the only humans writing these poems, but you're involving kids in this, which is so huge because they are getting bombarded, whether it's through TV shows or, you know, they're on social media younger and younger, or, you know, the age at which kids are, you know, introduced to pornography for the first time yeah. or the TV shows they watch or the just so much bad stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Seth Godin, I was listening to him the other day and he was talking about how, you know, kids go to school, but then they're homeschooled from three to 10 every day. Mm. Now they're either getting homeschooled by, you know, the TV shows that they're watching yep. or they're getting homeschooled by their parents or the, you know, yeah. their guardians or whoever's taking care of them. And so I think this is really cool because you're giving them an opportunity. These kids that their brains are forming, their ideas are forming, their convictions are forming. You're giving them an opportunity to speak life, literally. Mm. Words can give life or destroy life, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. people will, they will be energized to start a project or pursue this new thing because of words. And some people take their lives because of words, yeah. right? Like literally. Yeah. So you're teaching these, you know, young kids through this project to like give life and yeah. to spread life yeah. and to like speak life into other people. Yeah. So that's really awesome. And then there's a there's a kind of weird thing going on here where you are, you know, you heard that story, right, of this woman and you know, you're you're gonna get feedback from the stories, but then there's a million that you're never gonna hear back. Yeah. You don't know how many lives you've saved. You don't know how many people you've encouraged. You don't know how many like maybe somebody didn't commit suicide because of a note or didn't leave their wife or their husband or left their job because they shouldn't have been there. And they, you know what I'm saying? There's yeah, a million yeah, different yeah. stories that you will never find out. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. You don't need to find them <laughs> exactly. out. Exactly. You're yeah. getting to fulfill your side of it yeah. and you'll hear some feedback. And as this thing grows, maybe you'll figure out different systems and structures so you can get more feedback. But the reality is if there's been 10 or 20 or 50,000 cards put in windshield so far, how many stories have you heard back? 100, 200, yeah, couple yeah. hundred? 98% of you haven't heard back yep. and that's okay. Yeah. And you yeah, just get yeah. to feel like satisfied that you're, yeah. you know, a part of this pro you know what I'm saying? Yeah, does that feel yeah. good? What is yeah. it? How does that it's, feel like? It's I mean, it's a change of pace. Sure. Like, cause I think for not only for me, but for a lot of us, like we're in this culture where instant gratification is mm. such a huge driver. Yeah. And like, I know for me, like I thrive off of that. Like, mm. I, you know, totally. as soon as I, as soon as I post something, like I want to know. Right. You're like refresh it right away. Hey, Did anybody like it right somebody away? Somebody like this? Did yeah. somebody, you know, who's this, who's totally. this impacting? Who's this, you know, who's following along or engaging with this? This is such a, you know, even if it's just for me, like it's so good for my soul to like have something where I'm not hearing right back. Yeah. Like it can be frustrating at times. Like, you know, I remember early on, like talking to people, I would talk with friends on the phone or, you know, over like Facebook Messenger or something. And they would, uh, you know, they'd say like, hey, we saw that like Carwin Poetry blog post you uh, you put out and like we shared it with some people. And I'm like, well, I had no idea. Like, right. <laughs> you know, like right. I, totally. I had no idea that like, you know, for that, like I, I wish you would have told me. But yeah. I think it's cool like to you have no idea like who like what you're putting out how that could impact somebody yeah. else and for me like it's definitely it's allowed me i think to focus more on just the one person rather than trying to you know blow car window poetry up into this like viral right. thing like that i mean i could have been completely self-defeated by now if mm -hmm. that was the you know if that was the goal if that was the pursuit but i think because I've been able to come at it with a play from a place of like, Hey, this could, you know, I may not hear back. Like I, sure. I may never know the person who, you know, who was touched by this poem or the person who was touched by the person who heard about this project or whatever. But like, there is one person out there who like, who did get one of these poems yep. and, you know, however they choose to, deal with that like i've watched some people like drive off and they had no idea that, like a poem was like right. under their windshield or like you know who knows like that person could have thrown it right away right. But, maybe like, it flew off as soon as they drove yeah, away or whatever but yeah. it's somewhere <laughs> you know like there's somebody who you know had a chance to see that or be impacted by that and really at the end of the day like that's all i can ask for is that like somebody had a chance to at least be impacted by that thing because 
you know, there's a lot of things that don't always have the chance to actually like be shared with people, but you know, some people need to hear them. Well, and this is a cool project in particular because not only is the recipient, you know, somebody that is whatever blessed or encouraged, but the person writing it. Yes. Say nobody ever sees it. Yeah, yeah. The person got to write it. Yeah. They got to get it yes. out. They yes. got to like, maybe it was this thing or like, you know, you're sitting with this kid, Bryson, right? And well, I don't know what to write about. Well, dogs and this, and well, if, if three-legged dog can be happy, you can be happy, right? Like, who knows what impact they had on him, whether anybody yeah. ever sees that poem or not. Yeah, yeah. Right? So yeah. everybody wins in this yeah. and kind of a project. I mean, there's a, uh, there's a Fred Rogers quote that, there, I went through this like Fred Rogers like YouTube binge like a, a like a month been there or so done ago. that <laughs> and like once a month you know and he <laughs> he was uh, he was in this interview and he essentially was just talking about like you have to receive things for yourself mm. before you can go out and like yeah. share them with other people and hearing that like really sw you know it switched something in me because I didn't just want to you know, for people to come at this project from a place of like, oh, I'm going to encourage these people and I'm going to save them and all this kind of stuff, like sort of coming at it from like a savior complex approach, sure. but like yeah, so easy. more so for this to be like a mutually transformative thing where, you know, as you are asking yourself, like, what is it that I need to hear? Like, what is the, you know, what's the thing that I'm going through that like, if somebody left a poem on my window, like I would need to hear right now. And then you take that thing, you write it down and then you go out and share it. You know, it meant something to you, but also like, that's something that most likely somebody else needs to hear as well. Cause mm -hmm. you know, our human experiences aren't all that different. And so I think for me, like there's been, there's definitely been this like switch of like, I don't just want this project to be about encouragement for the recipient, but also like, I want you to really like process through what is it that I need to hear? What is it that I'm going through while you're writing this? Because that's gonna come from a much realer, more authentic place than like, oh, you know, it rhymes to say like, rose are red, violets are blue, da 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 da. Yep. And like, you know, that's good. Like you're still putting words out there, but it's gonna be so much more meaningful if you're actually processing through it for yourself before going out and sharing it. For this next answer, I would love for you to like dig deep, like go deep inside for this one. Why do you do it? Like what drives you to do it? Basically, you could be sitting at home every night uh, binge watching, uh, you know, Netflix or, yeah, yeah. or not like you, you have a full-time job. Everybody's supposed to get a job. That's what you do. You get a job so you can pay for the weekends and vacations and you, you know, and you can hang out and just chill. And you're taking on this extra project that you've probably put way more into it financially and time-wise than it's given you back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. No doubt. <laughs> and so why do you do it? Like what, what drives you? Yeah. It's hard for me to answer this question without talking about my faith okay. and like, I think for me, like a life lived just for yourself is extremely empty. I don't necessarily know if like hell is an actual place, but like I know that just these like a hellacious state is sure. one of like selfishness yeah. and like feeling completely empty. And like I've like I've been there, like I've experienced those times in my life where like I've only tried to like live for just me and like it's left me feeling empty, depressed, like just tired, like worn down. And it's not in like a, you know, it's not in a way of like, oh, I've done these meaningful things and like now I'm like super tired or worn out, but it's just like this very like dead state. Mm. Um, and I think that for me, I'm a, I'm a Christian and like, from what I've seen and experienced about Jesus, like he lived his life for other people. Like he gave his life away. Like there is a, there's just this sense that like he cared about the uniqueness in others. He cared about the beauty in others. He, he lived his life with such a, such a deep compassion, but also so fully, not just like, fully in the sense that like he experienced a lot of happiness and joy, but also like he experienced like deep hurt for people because of the love that he had for them. And so I think for me, like 
as someone who's striving to look and love more like that, like it wasn't enough for me to just go to work 9 a.m., mm. leave at 5 p.m., come home, watch Netflix or, you know, eat like a TV dinner in front right. of my TV. Like, you know, and I had to like I had to experience that like those, you know, first first few weeks or first month of being in Colorado Springs. But I knew that like that wasn't sustainable for me to, yeah. you know, to feel like I was living a meaningful life. And so um, I think it really from a deep place, like that's where it comes from. Like it's that desire to live a fuller life, to love more freely. You know, I've learned so much through this process about myself, like learning the things that are helpful and learning the things that are harmful. Like sure. I learned that it's like super easy to like when you taste success, like it's super easy to want to like take control of your life mm. and control Absolutely. your own destiny and be like, okay, well I need to make sure that I do these things and like that I'm like listening to like these people and like getting, you know, so stuck in like what are the steps that I need to take to get to this place that I want to go to. But I think like you can also like drive yourself into the ground doing that. And, you know, I'm really in a place now where I'm more willing to sort of take my hands off and say like, I don't know. Like Mm -hmm. I I don't, I, you know, I don't necessarily think that Carwin of poetry is a success to be like capitalized on so that I can get more. But if it's not, something that is going to help me give more like if it's not something that's going to help me be able to like impact people in a deeper way then i don't want to experience that kind Mm. of success and so yeah i think it's you know ultimately like at the end of the day i'm still young like i'm still you know i'm 23 years old and so there's a lot that I don't know and there's a lot that I haven't figured out and like a lot that, you know, may not necessarily be in my like wheelhouse or like in my plans to figure out. But like, I want to ultimately, like I know that I want to go in a direction of like living more fully, loving more freely. And so whatever that looks like, whatever doors are open with Carwino poetry, like that's ultimately where I want to go. Like that's where I want to be. Um, and I think it's, it's, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be something that, you know, is more so I'm going to be a witness of rather than me trying to have to like muster up all this energy to make it happen. It's a great answer. As we begin to wrap up here, because I want to respect your time and it's, 9.45 9.45 p.m. on a Saturday evening. You're going clubbing after this, aren't you? I mean, something, I mean, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Snoo- slash snoozing. Exactly. Um, those listening are primarily, I hope, because I hear stories and I know the, a lot of the people that are listening, they want to give a damn. They are giving a damn. They want to give a damn. They're struggling to give a damn. Yeah. Um, they're figuring it out, right? Yeah. From your experience, one or two like concrete pieces of advice that maybe will help them get unstuck that maybe will encourage them to get going. Yeah. The thing that's been super helpful for me recently is this realization that, and this is like, this is personal. It may help somebody. It may not. But like, it's this realization that I'm not a brand. Like Mm. I'm a human first. Like I think we, we live in this age and like, I've been a huge proponent of like, personal branding, whether it's like on my blog or like, you know, trying to coach people in how to leverage social media to, you know, better reach their dreams, which I think there's like validity to that. But I think that it's really easy to get caught up in that. Like I've, you know, I remember talking to, uh, this girl in LA and she was a she was a student at a college there. And I was like, well, you know, what's your dream? And she was like, well, you know, I, I want to be sort of like the Kardashians or whoever. And, you know, ultimately, like, I'm just working on, like, building my brand right now. I was like, okay, there's... I wouldn't a, even know what to say to that. Yeah, I, I was like, I get it. 
but to me and especially now like that just it seems like such an mm. empty pursuit yeah to um, what end yeah like what's what's the you know ultimately what branding's about is like how you represent yourself online and things of that nature to help meet a certain end whether that's like a sale or some kind of conversion but for me like i spent so much time trying to like handcraft that and like handcraft my own image and like you know make myself seem like this you know super perfect person who had all the answers and then i'm you know on the phone with my girlfriend of over three years and she says like i i feel like i don't know you anymore mm. like i feel like i know you more through what you're posting on Instagram and what you're saying on social media than I know you from actual conversations we're having. Mm. And like that'll light a fire under your ass real that's quick. That's a good woman right you know, there like, keeping you real. Yeah, like that's, and it hit me. I was like, shoot. Like it's one of those things where like you realize it. Yeah. Like you feel it in the back oh, yeah. of your head, but you're just like she pushing calls it. it. Yeah, yeah, oh, totally. But then she calls it out. And so I'd say like, for me, it sort of goes back to some of what I was saying previously, but realize that <laughs> you're a human first, like realize that like you don't have all the answers, that like mm. you're not in control, that there are things in this life that are so much bigger than you could ever imagine or comprehend. And like, I think when you sort of realize your smallness in a way, like the world seems so much more bigger and like so much more wonderful. And I've definitely like even just as I've been processing through this, like over the past few weeks, like I feel a greater excitement about life and um, a willingness to like, you know, just seeing life as more of an adventure rather than like something, you know, like a level that I have to beat <laughs> or something like that. And I'd say like second piece of advice um, is a lot of what we've been talking about throughout, but like ultimately pursue what it is that you love. And I think that like with that, ultimately it comes down to as you're gaining an understanding of who you are as that human, mm. just choosing to be in whatever that uniqueness is, like whatever that unique place is, like not trying to like do so much in that place and like really clench on tight to you know, this destiny that you have or that you believe you have or whatever it is. But like, I think more so when you just choose to be in like the places that you love mm -hmm. and around like the people that you love and doing the things that you love, like you can't not win. Like there's, you know, the things that, you know, the disappointments or shortcomings that once could like sink you, like ultimately those things stop becoming they more so become stepping stones rather than like stumbling blocks. Like they become like steps towards like even more love and even more enjoyment rather than this thing of like, oh, I need to make sure that I have like this 10 step plan that's going towards like everything that I need to, like everything that I need to achieve. But I think when, you know, you know yourself, you know the things you love, then you're able to, you're going to enjoy whatever it is. Like right. there may yeah. be, it's not going to go perfectly. Like nothing about like Carwin of poetry has gone perfectly, mm. but like you are going to be able to look back and say like, whoa, like I actually, I actually did enjoy that. Like I gained something there. I learned something there. Like I'm a better person because of what I experienced in that place. So yeah, those would be my two things. Like realizing you're a human and then like pursuing love. So cool. I want to take a moment to honor you, brother, because your passion, your energy, your desire to not waste your life um, have birthed yeah, a beautiful project that is using one of the most powerful tools that we have, words, to really help people. And there's no gimmick. There's no shtick. There's no, you know, we're going to come at it from behind and ask something or take something from these people. It's yeah, just yeah. pure giving. And so I just want to honor you for that. I want to acknowledge it. And I want to encourage you to 
keep going. Take it, take this wherever it goes. And I'm here supporting you guys uh, and girls, not just, I've used that generically guys, (laughs) but I'm here to support y'all. And um, we are as let's give a damn family. And uh, I'm excited to see this thing grow. Not necessarily, I'm not saying like social media numbers or this or that, but just like, just grow. Like may this spread to 50 more countries in the next year and then 50 more. And just lots of people getting on board with what this is about. But it started with you having an idea, being bold about it, not making a million excuses, or maybe you were tempted to make them and you defeated them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you just went Very for true. it, right? Yeah. And and here we are today talking about it, and I'm just super excited about it. So um, really glad to be talking about it here. The penultimate question here is a hypothetical. Someday you will die, and your dad, your mom, your sister, uh, your car window poetry team, the people that you've affected, the kids from the school that help you write the poems, everyone that you've that loves you and cherishes you is there. And for some odd reason, um, they've picked me to give you a eulogy. Oh, man. What do you hope that I'll say on that day about your legacy? Yeah, on that day, like the ultimate legacy for me would be one that they wouldn't just like those people wouldn't just see the achievements in mm. terms of like, you know, <laughs> like a, like a trophy hall right, or sure. something yeah. like that. But more so that those people that you mentioned, like my mom, dad, sister, you know, girlfriend who's, you know, hopefully his wife by then. <laughs> hopefully wife and a whole, <laughs> yeah. and a whole slew yeah. of kids. And, but like, hopefully like, they have a smile on their face mm. because they recognize that like, yes, Alex, you know, did things like maybe admirable to some or whatever it may be, but like he loved us really mm. well and like he cared for us and was there. And like, you know, hopefully like I have kids who are saying like as much as he could be like, my dad was there to like kiss me on the head goodnight. And, you know, my wife is able to like say the same thing. And like my, you know, my parents are able to say like, yeah, when we needed something or like when we needed support in this way, like Alex was there. Um, I think like that's the legacy for mm. me. It's, it's, I think that <laughs> if all life is, is just like, gaining successes and Instagram followers and, you know, a race of like how many podcasts you can be on or like interviews you can have or anything like that. Like if that's all it is, then like kind of sucks. Like it's, you know, to like, if that's all there is and ultimately like there's going to be generations and generations to come that won't know any of that Mm. like they're not gonna care don't care but like there are those people that are ultimately closest who have like they've rode for you since the start and you know are gonna continue to ride with you through like you know whatever it is the ups downs you know whatever it is that you go through those people i think like they ultimately need to know hey alex was with us he was for us and at the end of the day like that's all that matters. It's dope. Hell of a legacy. What do you want people to know about you? And where can they find it online? For Car Window Poetry, um, there are a few different ways to get involved. Um, I mentioned earlier that on our website, carwindowpoetry.com, you can download the card templates for free and be able to participate however you want, whenever you want, mm. with whoever you want. I would encourage you to like get together with like friends or like people closest to you and yeah make a party out of it yeah like go out yeah that's awesome you know just have have a have a night to write have you know do it during a lunch break or something like that um if you're like hey i want to bring this to my city like i'd love to like organize these events or something like that we have a, a local chapter leader program that is currently made up of i think over 30 people in 30 different cities 
Yeah, and That's like awesome. on three continents. Whoa. <laughs> and so like definitely like if that's something you're interested in, that's on our website. Um, you can start a chapter and begin, you know, being the face of Car Window Poetry in your community. Um, and then simple stuff like, you know, hey, follow along on social media, uh, you know, at Car Window Poetry, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, those are all great places. And then uh, to keep up with me, uh, just Instagram at Lewis Alex 10. So, yeah. Awesome. Listen, let's give a damn family. I want to see more chapters started after this podcast comes out. <laughs> we have listeners in 40 something countries, almost 50. There we go. And I mean, everywhere Brazil, Haiti, Middle East, Africa, like they're everywhere. So, it's making a difference. Let's get some, let's get some more podcasts or let's get some more uh, podcasts. This is a podcast. Let's get some more <laughs> Carmen of Poetry chapters started. Dude, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. This was super fun. I'm excited to uh, continue following your journey, both your personally and Car Window Poetry. And uh, maybe we'll do a round two someday to Please. get an update on uh, yeah, man. what's going on. So thanks yes, for joining man. me. Dude, thank you so much. This, was, this has been incredible. Friends, thanks so much for joining Alex and me today. I hope you found hope and encouragement in the stories Alex shared with us and in this great project, Car Window Poetry. Go visit carwindowpoetry.com to learn more about what they're doing and how you can get involved. And make sure to follow them everywhere on social media at Car Window Poetry. Alex does a great job sharing stories and the vision through social media. Some quick reminders for you. If you're willing to put in a little work, leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tell a friend about the stories you hear and encourage them to listen too. Take a screenshot of you listening to the podcast and share it online. And lastly, if you want to help us make more podcasts, you can also send a few dollars our way, and that helps tremendously. Find out more about how you can do this at patreon.com forward slash let's give a damn. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash let's give a damn. A few of you have already joined me in giving a few dollars a month. And I would love for more of you to do that so we can make these stories better, get them out to you with more quality, more production level. We can cover travel costs. We can cover production costs, so on and so forth. So if you love this podcast and love these stories, pick one of the above suggestions that I just gave and help us out. We would love it so, so much. Lastly, I shared last week or a couple weeks ago that I'm going to begin picking random Apple podcast reviewers to whom I'll send a Let's Give a Damn notebook for free. Go leave a review so I have an excuse to possibly send you a notebook. Let me know on social media so I know who to get an address from when I pick some of y'all. Okay, that's it for this week. Love you so much, and I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.